welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. So what does financial freedom mean? That's always a good question. It's different for everybody. My definition is to have enough money coming in passively each and every month that I, number one, don't have to work. Number two, can live at the standard of living that I want to live at. Number three, don't have to worry about any bills or payments or anything, any kind of problems or disasters that come up. All those things are well within my financial situation. I can go where I want, do do what I want, with whomever I want, whenever I want. In other words, I'm not tied down by time nor money limitations. Now that's financial freedom. Money is not a problem in my life. You know, that old saying on the, you know, the song, I have 99 problems, but well, money ain't one. And the real thing that gets me, and this is really why I'm starting with this today is it's the first of the month. I can't even begin to make you understand what it feels like to go out to your mailbox on the first of the month. Actually, my checks come in early the way my stuff said it, but yesterday, handful of checks, my mailbox, big checks, because I own big businesses, big pieces of real estate, and boom, go to my go to my uh, online account, my checking account, and boom, money being wired in, one right after the other, right after the other, and you sit there and you're looking for it and say, is it in yet, is it in yet, is it in yet? And it just keeps coming in. And all of this money comes in no matter what I do, whether I got up, did a radio show today, or didn't get up and do a radio show today, or whatever. That money just comes in. Now, what you need to understand in plurality with that is that it's a lot of money. But that's not relevant until you get where I am. What you need to think about is, do you have any money coming in? And the way that I got a lot of money coming in is exactly the same way you get a little money coming in. I started out by buying a single rent house. Paid me a little over $200 a month positive cash flow. The rent houses you buy today pay between $200 and $500 a month positive cash flow. But that's cash flow. Think about it. If you buy that house, that will pay you for the rest of your life. You'll never get out of bed and earn that 200 to 500 bucks a month again. You got one, you go to two. You got two, you go to four. And the more money you make that you don't work for is really easy to save. Because while you're working on making a living, living a life of quiet desperation is what I believe most people do. You have this money over here working for you. Warren Buffett said it one time. He said, if you don't learn to make money while you sleep, you're doomed to work for the rest of your life. You've got to learn. If you don't want to work for money, money's got to work for you. 
But that's not what you do with it. You buy stuff. And stuff you think will make you happier. And I'm not even going to argue that maybe it does. The challenge, my friends, is that the stuff that you're buying depreciates in value. So you don't have assets. You have depreciable pieces of stuff. Now, the other thing about stuff is the more stuff you have, the more cost to store it, maintain it, take care of it, and so forth. And so stuff in and of itself is problematic when you're first starting your wealth-building career. But many of you have already got it. I'll let you in a little secret every once in a while. I just get rid of stuff. I go, you know, I've accumulated some stuff I don't even need nor want. I just get rid of it. And so we all have that tendency to pick up some things and have some bad purchases in our life. You know, you buy stuff, you don't use it. It's not really relevant to your quality of your life. But at the moment, you thought it would be. And then you find out it's not. Right? That happens. But what I'm talking about here is you don't own any really true assets. I bought a rent house. My first rent house cost $25,000. That rent house today is worth $200,000. Now, I don't own it anymore. But just think if I would have held on to it. I owned over 100 houses at one time. Think if I would have held on to all of them. At you know the median price right now is $300,000, $350,000 median price. So I had, you know, slightly below median value type homes. So let's say my homes were $250,000 um, per house. I'm just going to do some quick phone math, which is not allowed on the radio, but I'm going to do it anyway. $250,000, one, two, three, times uh, 100 houses plus houses. That had been $25 million worth of assets right now. And since it's been... More than 30 years since I bought those houses, they'd be paid off, and I'd have $25 million worth of assets working for me, free and clear. Tenants would have paid them all off. I'd own them, and I'd have $25 million. I have much more than that now because I did sell them, and I did leverage up, which is another thing we want to talk about today is leveraging up. So here's a couple things you have to understand if you're going to be wealthy. The first one is you have to get the money that's sitting in dead assets and you have to get it out and make a return with it. Your money has to start working for you. And your biggest problem is you have what is known as debt equity. You have money in your life that's doing nothing. In fact, in my class that I teach, I always ask people, we make them add up all their income from passive income and divide it by all their net worth. The average person has less than a 1% return on their net worth. That means your net worth is not earning you any money. No matter how much money you think you have, it's not earning you any money. You can't live off of it. And I prove that to people that think they're rich. I prove that to people who think they're smart. I prove it over and over again because nobody does. If you think about that for just a second, you can invertly back this into some really weird numbers, which I'm not going to do right now, but... If you take how much money I make and you invert that back to the average person makes 1% on their money, you go, wow, my net worth is could be a billion dollars if you inverted it backwards like that. But I don't, and that's not necessary to do, but the money I make is astronomical. But it started with a $200 rent house. And when you go and you buy that first rent house, what you're learning to do is accumulate assets, and it will change you. Real estate changes people. It changes you from just a working schmo 
living a life of quiet desperation, getting up every day and going to the cubicle or getting up every day and running on the rat wheel, it changes you from that to an asset owner. And every year that asset's going to go up in value. And if you buy income producing assets, then every month you're going to get a check in the mail and you can have more money. Now, if you're smart, you're going to go get your money out of your 401k, which doesn't pay you anything. How much do you get each month on your 401k? The answer is zero. No matter what you want to say, let's argue this to death. You get nothing from your 401k. What about your IRA? Nothing. In fact, I just cashed out an IRA that I had for 25, 30, 40 years, whatever it was since I was 20. So I guess it's 40 some odd years. And I just, I kept it for 40 years just to see what an IRA would actually do. It's embarrassing to tell you how unproductive IRAs are. So, but I've just cashed it out now. It never paid me a dime for 40 years. Now I'll take that money that's in there. I'll go buy something with an asset and that asset will produce tons of money for me, right? Well, produce money. That's not that much in an IRA, but I'll produce that money. And so there you have it. You need to get that money out of that, that house you have. Your equity in your home is paying you nothing. The equity in your 401k and IRA are paying you nothing. Because you don't buy assets, income-producing assets, because you don't think you have enough money to buy enough income-producing assets to retire, you're never going to get to retire. That's the, the oxymoronic problem there. So I bought one rent house, and then I bought three more, and I had four, and so on. And I just kept doing that, buying them a few at a time, a few at a time, or one or two at a time, as I got the money. As those things became more valuable, we get to step two of the program. Step two of the program is now, after we go out there and maximize the return on our capital, our investments, and get it all working, now we have to maximize the return on our capital by taking the stuff we own and changing it and getting rid of it. Because you're never going to get to that large amount of money you want unless you leverage up. You have to keep leveraging up. Now, successful people with money... We leverage, we use leverage to buy larger income-producing assets. Poor people use leverage to buy cars and homes. And so they go into debt for expenses. Rich people go into debt to buy assets that produce income. And the way it works is you buy an asset that produces more income than what the debt payments cost you. You buy an asset that pays ten, makes $10,000 a month. You can go over there and put debt on it, so say $7,000 a month, and you still make $3,000 a month, but you don't have to come up with the money to buy the asset, or not all of it anyway. And so you use leverage to leverage up. So you can take the money from one rent house, either by refinancing the equity out or selling it and pulling it out, and go buy a fourplex, or go buy a six or eight or ten-plex, and now you've got three, four, five times the income. And what happens is every year of my life since I started investing in real estate, I purchased more income-producing assets. But I just kept buying this stuff. And so my income went up. And eventually, my income got to where I was making more money on my passive income than I was making on my earned income. And you have to understand with your earned income, you have to pay taxes. You don't have to pay taxes on your passive income if you do it correctly. Now, that's another whole radio show about taxation. But just take my word for it. When I was buying those houses, I wasn't paying any income taxes on them. No Social Security, no Medicare on any rental properties I have. In fact, any business income you have, there's no Social Security or Medicare. You know, that's 15% if you're self-employed. It's 7%, 7.5% if you're not self-employed. That's unbelievable. You get out of all that. And 
Income taxes are covered by depreciation, so you don't pay income taxes either if you do it correctly. So now you're able to earn money without paying taxes, which means it grows much faster. But see, you have to pay taxes because you're earning your money as earned income, whereas I'm earning my money as passive income with depreciation. Now, while all that's going on, I'm accumulating assets. And now you're sitting over here worrying about inflation. I don't worry about inflation. I like inflation. My assets go up in value. My houses that I bought for 25000 are now worth 200000 I love that, right? My apartment complex I bought, I bought an apartment complex, I think, four or five years ago. I was looking at it the other day with my wife. We were just kind of running the numbers. And it's gone up $9 million. Just it's a, one little business. Got up $9 million. Not to mention 50000 a month in cash flow. Think about that. We'll take a short break. I'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Need more unconventional wisdom that'll set you free? Subscribe to Lifestyles Unlimited on YouTube and binge content that will actually help you get where you want to go in life from people who are already there. With over 50,000 members and 32 years of proven success, there's so much more we want to share with you than what we have time for on the radio. On YouTube, we go beyond our shows and feature our best content from podcasts, interviews, expo, master's tour, fireside chats, special events, and more. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're discussing the simple fact that if you want to be in the situation I'm in where you receive large amounts of money every month in the mail or just deposit directly to your bank account, you're going to need to own income-producing assets. And you don't start by buying large, expensive, you know, assets. You don't start by buying a hundred of them all at once. You start by buying one income-producing asset, one rent house, one duplex, one fourplex, one small apartment, whatever you can afford, you start with that. But now, the second phase is, once you've gotten yourself to the situation where you've bought some assets, many people just stop right there. Because let's say you run out of savings. And they don't realize that you can leverage back up with this money. You can pull the profits out and put them into a larger deal. And so I've got an email here from a lady that's interesting. And I've got a bunch of emails, so we might get to a couple of them here. But they, they kind of point to the same problem, that people get stuck. Even though they've made the right decision to start buying uh, income-producing assets, then they get stuck. So here's a lady that owns a fourplex down in Corpus Christi. And uh, she writes to me, and she says, I own this fourplex in Corpus Christi free and clear. 
with the increases in taxes and insurance on my property, I've lost uh, about $475 a month of my cash flow. So she's lost that from her cash flow. Well, let's just say her fourplex is renting for uh, $1,500 a door. So her $1,500 a door is going to be about $6,000 a month of positive cash flow. So she's getting a check in the mail each month for $6,000 a month, right? So you you think of this and go, well, all right, how much of that does she get to keep? Well, it's free and clear. So free and clear in this situation, we'll do a little math here. She has to pay taxes and insurance. So the taxes in this particular case are, are going to be um, probably about, uh, let's say, uh, well, first of all, the value. She said the value was uh, three hundred and and $49,000. So $349,000 times uh, taxes of about, let's say, 0. 0.025. That means she's paying $8,000 a year in taxes. Just a little, run a few numbers here real quick so you can see how this stuff works. Uh, 87.25 in taxes. And then insurance is probably about $1,000 a door, so that's probably $4,000 a year. And this is after the re- tax increase and after the um, insurance increase. And insurance has gone up because there's been so many hurricanes out there. All of our insurances have gone up. Taxes go up every year, just and we fight them back down, and they go up because everything asks. Why does taxes go up? Because the asset's value goes up. And the value of the asset is how it's taxed. It's taxed on the asset value. So it would be a bad thing if taxes didn't go up, right? All right, so you got twelve thousand seven twenty five. So she's getting fifteen hundred dollars a month. She's getting six thousand a month in income. Uh, six thousand times twelve. That's seventy two thousand dollars a year. And she's got twelve thousand dollars worth of expenses, hard expenses. So she's making about sixty thousand dollars a year. So sixty thousand a year divided by twelve, making about five grand a month. So there you go. One property, she's making $5,000 a month, and that's after she said she lost $475 a month. So she used to make $5,500 because taxes and insurance both went up, right? But she's still making five grand a month. Do you have five grand a month coming in? The problem is this lady's got it all wrong. And she comes back and emails me later. She says, what should I do? Should I sell or should I get rid of it? Uh, or should I refinance it or what should I do? Hold on to it. What should I do? And uh, I said, well, you need to, uh, oh, she also says, if I sell, I have a capital gain of $75,000. So in other words, the property's gone up in value by $75,000, um, which she'd pay taxes on that. And I said, you know, I wrote her back. I said, you need to sell this thing. Why, though? You got to ask why. And this is the key factor. You have to be able to look at the return on your asset. So as we look at this and we get into these numbers here again, we get um, we have a $60,000 a year gain divided by a $349,000 asset, which is a 17% return, which is actually pretty good. She's making pretty good money on this thing. Uh, but let's go ahead and say what happens if we sold it. If we sell it, let's see here, at let's say 20% down would be... Um, 349000 would be what, 20? It'd be $1.7 worth of real estate. And if she had to put 30% down, it'd be less. If she had to put 40% down, it'd be less, and so and so on. So let's say she's going to buy a million to a million and a half dollars worth of real estate. 
She's leveraged herself up. Now, that's a small apartment complex. That small apartment complex might be making her eight or $10,000 a month after all the taxes and insurance and everything else. So she would make more. She could anywhere from go up 50 to 100% in her income by simply selling this property and 1031 it into a larger property. She's not using any more money than what she used to buy this property. And I hope she didn't pay cash for this property. I hope that she bought it with a mortgage and the mortgage got paid off for something. But whatever it is, the bottom line is you're going to take that equity out and you're going to move it forward so you can leverage up again. And by that, you can continue to grow. And rich people look at all of their assets that way. They don't fall in love with any of them. They look at it and go, boy, there's too much equity here. I cannot get this thing to pay a high enough rate of return that I'm happy with it. So it's time to sell it or refinance it, pull the equity out. And by the way, blow your mind, but you pull the equity out of a property and the numbers are even better. They're way better if you refinance because you're in a situation where you're going to have less of your equity in the deal and still have income, still have the asset and still be making and growing your wealth. So what I haven't really touched on is a couple of things. Number one, as you redeploy and get more assets, you increase your income. As you increase your income, you have a larger propensity to save and reinvest. And so you have more money coming in that you can save with. If you're still working your job, you have a lot more money to use for saving. If you're living off your money, then you're going to have about the same percentage you had when you were working. You can save from your savings and live off your rental income and then save uh, a portion of that and continue to grow. That in itself continues to grow because you continue to add new assets and or leverage up to larger assets. One of the two, either adding more of the same or you're going to larger assets. Now, what what does that mean to you? Well, at some point, what I started doing was I started getting rid of my houses and I would get rid of a house or two or three that had some equity in them. And I'd go buy uh, myself, you know, a larger property. So I started buying with partners. I started buying multiple houses. We started selling off those multiple houses and going and buying small apartment complexes. But myself, because I saw how much wealth there was involved, I took my money out of those partnerships and I put it into my own deals and bought my own small apartment complexes. And then I made so much money on those small apartment complexes, I leveraged up to medium-sized apartment complexes. And then I made so much money from that, I went to large apartment complexes. And then all of a sudden, one day, the world you know, dropped down. 2008, the, the bottom fell out of the market and you could buy stuff for 50 cents on the dollar. And then I went back into syndicating and partnershipping again and put together deals with my friends. And we invested and bought stuff just pennies on the dollar and got mega rich. So, I mean, that's how I got into the mega wealth era. But even after the mega wealth era ended, I still continued to buy more assets and increase the size of the assets. So what happens is the more money you have, the more you can buy. And now, like, I'm closing either the end of this week or first next week on another income-producing asset that produces about ten grand a month. I've got another one that I just uh, went into contract on that's going to produce about 
20 grand or actually there's two of them. One producing around 20, just rounded off. Another one's producing around 30. So that's another $50,000 a month. Now, remember what I just said. You know, I'm already making tons of money, right? Now you're, I'm telling you, I've got three more things under contract here that one of them is going to make me 10. One's going to make me around 20. One's going to make me about 50. That's about $60,000 more. And there's no jobs. There's no work. It's just more money. Or I could have my money sitting out there in savings accounts. I mean, because I make money, you got to get rid of it. You got to do something with it. You deploy it into more assets. And then more assets make more money. Say, well, Dell, why don't you buy a jet airplane? I don't want a jet airplane. Why don't you buy a $100 million yacht? I don't want a $100 million yacht. I want a $100 million worth of assets producing me, you know, $10 million a month in income or whatever it is, $10 million a year uh, in income. A million dollars a month in income. That's what I want. Not a hundred million dollar yacht. I could buy a hundred million dollar yacht. I don't want one. Right. And all these people that buy all these expensive things, you know, they're still out there working. Now, there is another level of wealth. Don't get me wrong. It's so wealthy that you can have anything you want. I'm not at that level, by the way. I'm at the level I can have anything I want if I only buy what I want, not everything I want. So that's a whole different level. I wanted to share with you, though, one more aspect of this, and that is those assets. Assets go up in value, and you don't even think about it. You know, forget about the fact that I make more and more and more money every month in cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Because I've always believed rule number two, there's got to be cash flow. Rule number one is don't lose your money. Rule number two is there's got to be cash flow. But rule number three is you can't get rich slow. You've got to have something goes up in value. So just look at this. When I started investing in real estate, 33, 34 years ago, whatever it was, the median price for a single-family home was $50,000. Right now, the median price for a single-family home, I'm going to read this to you. Um, It's from a report I'm reading right off. The median sales price for homes in the U.S. have been consistent year over year and currently around $516,000. So think about that. Now, in California, that guy's selling his house. It's probably worth a million. Here in Houston, the median price is about three hundred and fifty. So, but nationwide, the median price is five hundred and sixty. No, I'm sorry, the Houston price I think went up to four hundreds. I need to check that because I don't know. I think it's around the four hundreds now. But the point is, it doesn't matter what it's. It's a lot compared to the fifty thousand dollar median price. Now, back when the median price was fifty, I was buying them for twenty five thousand. Now the median price is three hundred thousand. We're buying them for one hundred and fifty. That's just the way it works. We buy them for half of what they cost. That way, ours always go up in value. Now, the next thing you need to understand is that the marketplace is ripe right now to get started. You need to get out there and buy them. I'm going to read this paragraph off the same report, and that is this. U.S. real estate market is gradually moving towards a more balanced state. While the market has favored the sellers for several years, Buyers are gaining more leverage in the negotiations. The number of new listings has increased in recent months, offering the buyers a wide range of options to choose from. Sellers should be prepared to price their properties competitively and consider strategies to make their listings stand out in the increasing competitive market. So what is that saying? It's a buyer's market again, guys. It was a seller's market for the last 10 years. They were getting whatever they wanted. Now, that's good if you're the seller, but we're buyers at this point in your life. You are buying. You're not a seller yet. You're a buyer, and at that point, you want to be buying right now, right? And what are you going to buy? 
Next paragraph, two paragraphs down, it says, demand for affordability. Throughout the rest of 2023, there will be an increasing demand for affordable housing. The combination of stagnant wages and high living costs means that more buyers will be searching for homes that they can actually afford. There's a secret. I hope that you heard something today that will change your life. And remember, we're not doing it for some money. We're doing it for that lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.